Hey, welcome to Grace again. We're glad that you guys are here. Today is a little different as we are sharing about the mission trip we took just a couple weeks ago. Um, So if you're on the missions team, could you go ahead and come up here? Um, As they're coming up, I'll just make a couple comments. You saw a lot of our team doing a lot of fun things. And you might be thinking, hey, it looks like they took a vacation, not really a mission trip. Um, But no, come up here, guys, Up, up here, up here. Um, but there's a couple reasons for that. One is because back-to-back, the organization we went with asked that we not post any pictures of students or families on social media for a whole variety of reasons, um, and they encouraged us to stay present in the moment. And so we tried often to put our phones away, um, having just a couple designated people to take pictures and photos for most of the time there. Um, and so we, we put them away when we were with families and kids a lot. And we brought them out for a lot of the fun stuff and behind the scenes stuff. And we still wanted to document, hey, we did things here, um, but we just didn't grab as many pictures. And we're not going to share a lot of those pictures and videos that have kids in them. You saw a couple of them, but that video is not going to be then available. Like we're not going to post on our Facebook page, sorry, church online. And those who might be more online, we're not going to, not going to be sharing that over social media. Um, just as a brief overview, we went with back to back ministries. They work in orphan care all over the world and we spent a week in Monterey, Mexico. Um, and so if you were here doing the life group hour, we shared in a lot more detail. I want to encourage you guys, uh, that if you were, uh, if you have questions or if you want to talk more about it with any of us up here, please, please grab us afterward. I've asked that everybody kind of stick around for a little bit. They're going to be up here after the service. I want to encourage you to come and ask questions and, and talk to us more. Um, but one of the things that we did in the evenings was a debriefing time. And we just thought about the day, reflected, and what stood out to us. What are we going to hold on to when we come back uh, to the States? And and kind of that, that kind of thing. And at the end of the week, we were asked to think about our picture of the week. So not just a picture of the day, but a picture of the week. And so I thought that would be a fun thing for everyone to share briefly. I emphasize briefly. One picture of the week. Some of these guys like to have two or three pictures of the day. We have one picture of the week briefly, okay, so that we don't, you know, keep talking for the entire afternoon and have to order pizza for everyone to eat lunch here. Um, so hopefully in our, us sharing our picture of the week, you got, you kind of get an idea of what we did and what the week was like. And again, I encourage you to come up and, and find us afterward. Uh, if you have any further questions, I'll start since I go ahead and I have the mic here. Um, I think my picture of the week uh, involved the last day going to the children's home. We had a, a small list of projects that we could get done if we could if we could get to them, um, but we hit a whole lot of traffic on the way out to the children's home from where we were staying, and so we got there a bit later. And the first thing that we were supposed to do is just spend some time in prayer. Uh, this children's home is in, was in a bit of a transitional phase. There was only a couple kids that were staying here as the, the lady who started this children's home passed within the last year or so. And she was giving this property and building to back to back for whatever they needed. And so they were in the process of transitioning this from a home or to kind of office spaces um, and, and things like that. There weren't a ton of kids left when she passed anyway, because as she got older, she didn't have as... Uh, she could not care for as many, um, and it had had dwindled in size anyway. And so they were transferring them to some other homes and doing some other things and other programs and, and waiting for a little bit of time. But we were there. We were doing some painting, and, and so we were going to pray over what was coming in, the fam, the kids who were already there and the family that was there and their transition away from this space. And we were just going to spend some time in prayer. 
but we were there late and we still had a list of things to do. And they emphasize how much we believe in the power of prayer and that prayer really is about the most important thing we could be doing. And so this is the most important thing we are going to do today. And I just really loved how they talked about that and we made time for that and space for that. So, uh, of course, leave it up to the preacher to have a spiritual moment of the week uh, about prayer while we were there. So, anyway. All right. Ayla? Yeah. Um, so, I don't know if you saw in the f- or the videos and photos, but there was two other churches with us. There was a youth group there with us and a group of mothers and daughters. Now, after like our working time at the houses or or at the camp on campus, we would like after dinner we would have our time to like play with each other. And the other church, they know how to play spoons, okay? They know how to play spoons. Okay, so one of the caretakers walks in. They're playing spoons very aggressively. And I look at her and I say, they're going to break the table soon. She walks over to the like the kitchen area and then they break the table and I just start laughing. Because they're like over there like wrestling each other, punching each other to get the spoon. And I'm like, it's just a spoon, guys. And then they were playing spades over across the other side of the kitchen area. And, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, Mitchell and Matt were on a team. It didn't go so well. It didn't go so well, apparently. Um, I wasn't paying attention to them, but uh, apparently Mitchell cannot play spades very well. Um, so then Katiana was his new partner, and apparently she's very good. So if you want to play spades, play with Katiana. I am not going to share my picture of the week. <laughs> I'm going to share my word of the week. <laughs> Same idea. Um, my word for this week, the one, first one that like, came to my mind was refreshing. And that's not the word you would typically think of when you go on a missions trip, um, but truly just getting to work with these people that have such servants' hearts and that have the same mission and like passions that I do in you know, a culture that I've never been, a language I don't speak. Um, it was like, it was so encouraging and refreshing for me to be there. And like just stepping into this culture of like do less and be more of like, they were not concerned about like how fast we were working and how much we got done in a day. Like it was, there was so many times where we just sat in fellowship. Like every mealtime was a solid like block of time where we could sit, not be rushed, and just talk to people and just be with people. And, of course, we did do things for them because that's what we were there for. Um, but this, the cultural switch from American society, which is like, go, 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 to their prioritization of relationship and, it, and community. And it was such a beautiful thing, and it was refreshing. So you're probably going to hear a lot about relationships because um, that's what we focused on all week. So my um, picture would have been about relationship and about healthy relationships. Um, the staff from Back to Back told us at the beginning of the week what we measure success as is healthy relationships. So when we're looking at our families, when we're looking at families that have been reunited, when we're looking at children's homes and the way that the caretakers interact with the kids, um, healthy relationships is our goal, which was hard for us because it was kind of like take a step back from like the way we'll measure success this week is not finishing building a house or finishing a project, but it is supporting those healthy relationships. And two of the circumstances where we got to see that that just were so meaningful to me were we were at the Angela 
and I were serving in the children's home um, one of our first days there. And we were doing a game with the kids where they had to find um, candy. It was like a field day fun game. They had to find candy under piles of flour um, with their faces without using their hands. So it was like a whole little thing that they were, you know, digging in. And at the end of the last kid finding it, all of a sudden, I like looked up and got hit in the face with flour. And I was thinking it was like one of the kids and they were about to get fussed at. And we looked up and it was the caretaker had started this giant flour fight. And so we had, you know, we were throwing flour for five or 10 minutes. The kitchen was covered every body was covered. Um, but that moment of joy that you saw in those kids' faces when they realized, like, this wasn't a kid that started this. This was the caretaker. And if we were focused on projects, that was kind of the opposite of what we were trying to do. We just created a lot more work. But when we were focused on relationships for kids who maybe don't get to have... <clears throat> moments that are just purely fun, that they're responsible for nothing else, throwing flour in the kitchen makes a lot more sense when your goal is healthy relationships. So that, and then additionally, that same day, we got to see um, some of the Hope Program teenagers were playing soccer um, on the field, and one of the kids at the home, um, Ian, was about four years old. He got hit with a soccer ball, got mad, left and stormed off, and instead of a caretaker going to interact with him, one of the teenagers from the HOPE program went and sat down on the sideline and was talking to him and going through like everything that we had learned in trauma-informed care that is not typical to watch a 17-year-old boy de-escalate a four-year-old that was just so much proof of the work they're doing towards healthy relationships. I don't know. Is this one on? Okay. Um, so I guess mine's kind of like a word of the week too, but it was quality time. They spent so much effort and time doing the trauma care training with us, helping us uh, bond together as a group with our devotional time and our debriefing time, and then having that connection time with the children. So I guess it's like a word of the week for me too, was just that quality time that we had to kind of get to know ourselves better, get to know the group we were with better. It helped us work more efficiently together and then connecting with the kids and their caregivers better. So that was my picture of the week was just that quality time we had together. I was trying to think of what my picture of the week would be and I have two of them, but I'm only going to share one because oh, Will said only one. Um <laughs> It was when we had a cookout, and I can't remember what the families were called, but they were a bunch of, um, like, teenagers that were part of the program that hadn't seen each other in, I guess, several years. And I was sitting on the picnic table, and all of a sudden I looked over, and they saw each other. And it was just, they were hugging, they were high-fiving, they were crying, and it just showed me what a successful program back-to-back is, and um, it it was just precious, and then they started playing soccer, and it's not soccer like our kids play here. I mean, they kicked that ball hard, and it was fun watching them laugh and interact and just, you know, the happiness in their face. It was priceless. Anybody want to know what my other one is? Come see me afterwards. (laughs) I have two, and I'm going to share them both. Um... So one of mine, it was actually in the video, it was where the adults and the kids were playing at the pool and jumping in together and doing cannonballs and just, I mean, the kids were right in there, you know, and when they realized that the adults were were ready to, to jump in and have a good time, they grabbed their hands and, you know, and they'd say, again, again. Um, so that was really cool just to see how, you know, they're speaking Spanish to these adults and saying again, again, 
you know, let's, let's play, let's have fun. So um, watching that relationship grow and cultivate was really cool. So that was one. And my other one was when we were doing the projects at the house, seeing how quickly that wall transformed because there were so many of us, I guess it was about 30 of us all together, roughly, with the other group that we were with, the mothers and daughters, I think there was about 20 of them, and then 10 of us, um, just watching how fast that went, it, you know, and I, I always say, many hands make work light, and, that, you know, just watching it go from blue, green, whatever colors it was, to, to beige, it was just incredible, because I would just, we each took a section, and I would step back, and I'd look like, oh, we're almost done, and it was, it was really, really cool to see that transformation. So <clears throat> for me, it was like, wow. Um, the kids are just have so much joy with so little. And it makes you uh, think about how different it is here. We have everything and so little joy. Um, so one of the things for me, I, th- I feel like, you know, we went there to make an impact for them. But I feel like they had just as much of an impact on us. Um, so I hope we get to go back. It was a great trip. Kat, I'm getting ready to turn you over there. Sorry. Um, yeah, I think my words for the trip, uh, the two things that I think about would be utterly normal. Uh, first, uh, a couple of the days that we were there, what we did was largely host, cater, minister, serve to foster families who who took care of the children there so one of the one of the first things that we did was to to cater an event that was basically a two-day award program some of these people had been taking care of foster kids for more than 10 years and they'd had kids that were now adults and now they were raising second or third foster children and you know the thing is the people themselves when you looked at them they they were just it was just a guy and his wife they were just utterly normal families there were some that were physicians some that were ministers some that were just worker bees I can't even remember all the professions there but they were just normal people that's life would have been easier if they hadn't done anything but yet with back-to-back support they were investing in these kids and they'd been doing it for a decade um that's the first thing. The other thing is one of the other events that we catered was uh, for people in the um, the families. What they call it, the Strong Families Program, and that's the new foster, the newer foster program, where people are are reconnected with their existing families. So they grow up in their family environment. Maybe their maybe the parents were able to. Uh, get their needs met to get healthy and to take them back in many cases it was an aunt an uncle a grandparent a a more distant relative that the child was learning their family uh, history from and uh, and living in and again just normal average people you know uh, guys that were you you know clearly uh, you know working guys uh, but people that you could depend on, just average people. Some of them were clearly grand, 
fathers. They looked more like me. They were a little too big around the middle, but they were still enjoying the kids at the pool and having it. It was utterly normal. And the other thing is, you know, I served all week with these people here, and, and we, we looked probably pretty normal. But behind that and behind these people we served for, big hearts, uh, a, a big focus on things outside themselves. So I think you can be proud of the team from the church here, the whole team, um, as well as back-to-back for what they're doing in that c- culture and what just regular people like you are doing, you know, um, on in that part of the world. You guys could help bring that table out from the appreciate. I think that's actually a perfect segue into what we would like to do next. If you guys want to have a seat, thank you very, very much. Um, I think that's a great segue into one of the bigger takeaways that I think many of us had as a group also of, of what we can do on an ongoing basis coming back. One of the things that back-to-back emphasizes as they do orphan care is that they want to take a unique approach so that in you know, 10, 15 years, the kids who grow up in the children's homes that they're working with don't have kids themselves who end up in the children's home. Because often in Mexico, what happens is that children end up in in children's homes, not because parents pass away and die, but because they just don't have any means to take care of their kids. And so they're going to try out of the love of their heart to take their kids where, where they can be provided for. And I think I saw on Back to Back's website just this week that they have a 97% success rate when it comes to um, kids who go through their program taking care of their own kids. 97%. That's the goal. It's all about relationships. And so one of the things that they emphasized from the very beginning was the power of words and how important words are. Those, those relationships that you heard some of the team talk about and the connection I just want you to think about for a moment, even from a biblical stance, that the power of words, right? God created this world from his word. He breathed this into existence. Uh, Jesus calmed the winds and the waves by his word, right? Revelation talks about at the name of Jesus, when his name is said, every knee will bow and tongue confess that he is Lord, right? The, the power of words and they, what the power they have is so incredibly powerful. It's interesting to think about how Jesus during his ministry, his time here in this world, um, he did virtually nothing for 30-ish years, right? We, we read about his birth, and then we read about his ministry starting about the age of 30. But that whole time he was working, he was serving, he, he, was, he was growing into the place and, and into this this man that he would become to do, to do the ministry that he did, to serve, to love, to heal, to cast out demons, to raise the dead, all with his words. And so the words that he used, that he said, the words that we have recorded in scripture have created a belief system of who God is. And the words that we use with each other, the words especially that we use as parents with our kids, they create a belief system. And Heather is going to come and she's going to share with us the power of words and actions in, in creating this belief system. Good morning. <laughs> 
So as we've mentioned a few times, every morning at Back to Back, we did trauma care competent training. And a lady named Christina would meet with us every morning, and she would talk about the brain like Hannah talked about earlier. And this is one of the exercises that she did, and it's a visual exercise, and it really helped me because I'm a visual learner. So I was going to try to mimic what she did at Back to Back. Um, And I want to touch again on belief systems. When a child or anybody has experienced trauma, it can be really hard for them to have a strong belief system and believe in God. So when back-to-back might have a new child come in, if they've had an earthly father that's not good to them or has enforced some kind of trauma on them— they might have a hard time believing that a heavenly father is going to be any different. So what Back to Back does is they work through the five programs that we talked about earlier in the five stages. Um, If y'all have any questions about that, y'all can see us. And they deposit goodness within the children to kind of build up those belief systems. So I have a visual here, and we're going to make a good trail mix, and we're going to make a bad trail mix. So the things that we say to others and the experiences that they have make a huge impact on their life. And again, this can kind of play into their belief systems. So I'm going to have some words. I don't know if y'all can see these from where y'all are sitting. (laughs) But if you can read this, can anybody see what that says? Y'all can say it out loud. I love you. So these are good words and experiences that we're going to talk about for a minute. So something good that you can say to somebody is, I love you. And can you all see what I have in here? It's M&M's. It's a good chocolatey candy. So that's going to go into our good trail mix. I'm going to pour that in. I guess if you all want to eat some of this afterwards, you all can. All right. And then this is another good word that you can say to somebody. Can you all read that? I'm proud of you. Yes. I'm going to pour this in. I got some peanuts, so they're good, salty. So you got some chocolate and some nuts in there. So already, just by saying good words to people, you're filling up their cup. You're encouraging them, and you're building their confidence as well. So now I'm going to move on to some good experiences that you can have. Can you all read this? Family time, yes. So... I love how Christina talked. She had marshmallows in it. And I love how she talked about how family can be like a soft, comfortable place to land. And that's kind of why I did the marshmallows in here too. Because when you have that family time and that connection time with your kids or relatives, you're creating a safe place for them to feel comfortable. So if there is a problem going on in their life, they can come to you and talk to you and have that comfort. So family time is very important. And I loved in back-to-back when we were in Mexico, they incorporated so much of that family time by bringing the families in with the foster kids and things like that. All right, so another experience you can have, can you all read Holidays and celebrations. So all over the world, we all have different holidays and celebrations that we have, birthdays, things like that. And that, again, is bringing a support group together and making a good memory for somebody. I'm going to put that in our good trail mix. And then one more experience. Can you all read that? Finding Jesus. So when we're filling people's cups, we have a strong support system. You're helping their belief system. When you're with people, try to remember to plant that seed in them so that they can have a deep-rooted faith as they grow up and that their belief system will be strong. So I'm going to put that in there. 
So our good trail mix, this is something that y'all want to eat, right? It's good. You're filling up people's cup and confidence. Well, just like we can have a good trail mix in positive words and experiences, the opposite can also happen. So this over here is the experiences that we long for. This is what every child needs from their parents, relatives, and friends, but they're not always getting that. And it could be the parents don't have the resources for it. It could be they just don't care. It could be that their friends are mad at them and they just might not say the right thing at the right time. But um, if others use their power for words in a helpful manner, that's good. But a lot of times we can use our words and it can hurt. And if we're not careful, this effect our words can have can tear down your belief system and it makes it harder for them to have a strong faith and feel like even somebody cares. So over here, we're going to start making our bad trail mix. So this is not a nice thing to say. Can you all read that? You're stupid. Yes. So I got sticks in this cup. Not very good to eat. And then can you all read this one? You're just like your father. Now, this could be good, but a lot of times if somebody's saying this to somebody, it's probably they're tearing them down. They might not have a good father, so they could be like, you know, you're like your deadbeat father or something like that. That's not good. And I got rocks in this one. How many of y'all know the saying, sticks and stones may break your bones, but words will never hurt? True or false? Exactly, yes. Words can hurt, and they can cause deep pain if you're not careful with them. So next, we're going to move on to negative experiences. The first one I'm going to do is, can you read that? Neglect. I'm going to try not to make a mess up here with this egg, y'all. If I can't crack it, I'll just throw it in here. Okay. So I'm going to put a broken egg in here. So with neglect, a lot of times kids come from a broken home where the parents have neglected neglected the needs of their children. So they might not be giving them clothes that fit, good food to eat. And a lot of kids from back to back are coming from homes like that, broken homes where they don't have their needs met. And it could be emotional, physical, spiritual, any of that. All right. About that. Abuse. Yes. And abuse can be mental or physical. So if somebody's saying not nice words to you, that's immensely, like, it's going to really mess you up mentally. And if they're physically abusing you, it's going to hurt you. So we got nails for that we're going to put in here. And then this one, can you all read that? Yes. So that's the children whose family leaves them and they don't come back. Now, this looks like water, but it's not. It's vinegar. <laughs> smells pretty bad. I'm going to pour that in here. All right. So which one of these trail mixes would you all rather have? <laughs> The good one or the bad one? (laughs) Yes. So the kids at Back to Back, where we were serving, have had a lot of this bad trail mix right here. And it doesn't take much before it starts affecting somebody deeply. And in Back to Back, the groups that go and serve, they start making deposits of this good trail mix. So we're building them up with that connection time we talked about. And because we serve an amazing God who created us in beautiful ways— to heal from hurt and pain with time, the good starts to replace the bad to make us whole again. And I like how with this bad trail mix, she kind of correlated it to Jesus's death. So 
God sent his son to die. You got the sticks with the nails. They tortured him. They gave him vinegar to drink. His body was broken, and he was buried in a tomb. He went through this to take on our sins, and Jesus came down in human form to be an example of how we should treat others while we're here on this earth. It's important that we're filling other people's cups with good words and experiences because you never know what somebody else is going through. And I really liked how she did the visual just because I've experienced trauma in my own life. Close people in my family have experienced trauma. And during this trip, when we were meeting in our small groups and stuff, a lot of that trauma came to light and we were talking about it. And I really found myself on this trip just kind of going through the motions when she was talking about like fawning and things like that. I was like, I can relate to that. That's why I act like that. When we talked about what Hannah talked about earlier with the brain. So it made me look back on some of the trauma that I experienced, but it also made me look at other people differently. So like the kids that we were connecting with, when I'd see them react to something a certain way, you know, okay, they're reacting that way because of this. So we can use these things in our everyday life to teach our kids to have kind words at school, give people good experiences. And I just really enjoyed that. So that's why I wanted to share that with y'all today. And so that's one reason also why back-to-back is a little different with the groups that they have in is that there's not one major project because what they measure success by is healthy relationships. And so because so many of their kids have had this as their belief system that like, this is, this is what you're worth. This is who you are. This is your identity because this has been their belief system for so long about who they are. They need people who will come and slowly take this good, sweet stuff here and start replacing it and start replacing. And soon enough, it, it, replaces it completely because God is so amazing. He has created us with that ability to change, but it takes people and it takes intentionality and it takes us being cautious with our words and our actions and what we say and do. And we don't have to go around the world to other people in another country to run into people who have this as their belief system. You work next to them. You might live next to them. There might even be people in your own home who have these kinds of things in their belief system about who they are as a person. And so our role as Christians, as disciples of Christ, is that we get to to introduce them to Jesus and be the hands and feet of Jesus to people in our homes, in our workplace, uh, that we're neighbors and we live next to, and take this, this truth of who Scripture says that we are, that we are God's children created in His image, that, that we get to take this truth and start to replace the lies that we've been told, that other people have been told. And it takes time. It takes time, it takes effort, it takes intentionality. But one kind word turns no one even recognizes me into being seen. One act of kindness turns no one cares into connection. One person remembering someone else's name turns I'm just a number into belonging. And that's what our goal is. That's what we are here to do, to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to reach out and, and show kindness, help make connection and, and provide a place for people to belong and be seen and be heard and, and change this belief system that they've had for so long. As she mentioned, this, this was chosen very intentionally because it's all through the death and resurrection of Jesus that we have 
access to this belief system that we can share with others. And so as we always do, we are going to end with communion, and we're going to include communion, and we're going to pause at this moment for communion as a church family to remember the death and resurrection of Jesus. As he came to, to speak that truth, he came to share this, this goodness, this, this sweet belief system over here to replace what the world tells us that we are and what the world shouts at us so loudly. Uh, so we're going to pray. If you'd like someone to pray with you, I'm going to be down here. There's other people from our prayer team around. Um, and after a time of reflection and prayer, go ahead and take communion on your own when you're ready. Um, and then we're going to continue in worship. And the next song that we sing is actually going to, actually going to be one that we sang while we were in Mexico um, at the church that we attended down there. And so uh, you might not recognize parts of the chorus or bridge or however Eric chooses to do it um, as we include some Spanish in our uh, worship this morning. Let's pray together. Uh, Father God, we are so grateful for the truth that you bring in your word um, through the person of Jesus. God, we're so grateful that we can replace what the world yells at us and, and tells us that we are with who you say that we are, that we are chosen, that we are a royal priesthood and that we are your beloved, that you care and love us so much. And so, God, I pray that we will hold on to that truth and that identity. That belief system will inform who we are. And, God, I pray that we can take that to other people in our circles that we encounter on a daily basis. Lord, we love you. And in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.